1: Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Max Stoddard. Uh, Matt is the executive director of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of uh, Less Government. Uh, Dr. George Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon and we'll also visit with Bill Barnett, the former mayor of Naples, he'll be joining us as well. It is September the 14th, and on this day in 1814, Francis Scott Key penned a poem which is later set up to music in 1931 becomes America's national anthem. It's called "The Star-Spangled Banner." The poem, originally t- titled "The Defense of Fort McHenry," was written by Key. witnessed the, Mar- the uh, Maryland Fort. Being bombarded by British during the War of 1812, Key was inspired by the sight of a lone U.S. flag still flying over Fort McHenry at daybreak, as reflected in the now-famous words, Star-Spangled Banner. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Francis Scott Key was born on August 1, 1779, in rubra his family's estate in Frederick County, which is now Carroll County, in Maryland. He became a successful lawyer in Maryland and Washington, D.C., and was later appointed U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia. On June 18, 1812, America declared war on Great Britain after a series of trade disagreements. In August 1814, British troops invaded Washington, D.C. and burned the White House, Capitol Building, and Library of Congress. Their next target was Baltimore. After one of Key's friends Dr. William Beans was taken prisoner by the British. Key went to Baltimore, located the ship where Beans was being held, and negotiated his release. However, Key and Beans were allowed to leave until the British bombardment of Fort McHenry was over. Key uh, watched the bombing uh, campaign unfold from aboard a ship located about eight miles away. After a day, the British were unable to destroy the fort and gave up. He was relieved to see that the American flag was still flying over Fort McHenry and quickly penned a few lines in tribute to what he had witnessed. The poem was printed in the newspaper and eventually set to the music of a popular English drinking tune called To a Crown in Heaven by, composed by uh, composer John Stafford Smith. People began referring to the song as the Star-Spangled Banner, and in 1916, President Woodrow Wilson announced it should be played at all official events. It was adopted as the National Anthem on March 3, 1931. Francis Scott Key died of pleurisy on January 11, 1843. That's the story of the Star-Spangled Banner. The word set to a drinking song. (laughs) The irony, huh? Well, the official tally's in, and it's brutal. Americans suffered the biggest drop in household income in 2022 in a dozen years. Real median household income was $74,580 in 2022, a drop of 2.3% from the prior year. Uh, This is the biggest drop in household income since 2010, when it uh, dropped 2.6%. That means it's worse than the pandemic decline of 2.2%. It's also the fourth worst year in record, going back to 1985. The declines were driven by high inflation, of course. The measure of inflation that's used to calculate real income rose 7.8%, the worst inflation since 1981. The figures are even worse once taxes are figured in the equation. Real median post-tax household income in 2022 fell 8.8% in 2022. Can you believe that? And the problem only gets worse. Inflation rose significantly in August, marking the second month in a row that inflation has ticked up, according to the latest uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics figures. The Consumer Price Index, a broad measure uh, of everyday goods, increased 3.7% on an annual basis in August, compared to 3.2% in July. Uh, which excludes, by the way, the volatile categories of energy and food. It remained high, rising 4.3% year-over-year in August, compared to 4.7% in July. The rise in inflation was partly driven by an increase in price of gasoline, uh, accounting for half of the total gain, which the energy uh, index rising 5.6% for the month. The second largest contributor to the increase was the price of shelter, which has risen in the past 40 months in a row. Things are not good for you know, I just watched before the show uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, latest uh, Tucker on Twitter or Tucker on X, uh, his episode on uh, Argentina. It's so interesting. You can see what happens when inflation is not held in check. I encourage you to, uh, to view Tucker on tar- – uh, I think it was released uh, yesterday, Tucker on Twitter. Tim Ballard, former DHS agent, founder of Operation Underground Railroad, and the man depicted in the hit anti-trafficking film Sound of Freedom, told Congress on Wednesday that Biden administration's handling of the crisis at the U.S. border was essentially made made it a child trafficking delivery service. Just take that in. The comments came during a Committee on Homeland Security meeting to assess the human cost of Biden's border crisis. Ballard has spoken on the southern border on numerous occasions, especially in regard to how porous it is in nature and opens up the floodgates for more cases of child trafficking. And again, again, if you haven't seen The Sound of Freedom, I strongly encourage you to do so. It is shocking and also uh, disturbing. Governor Ron DeSantis and Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo announced uh, Florida is advising against those aged under 65 from obtaining the COVID-19 booster vaccines. Uh, Today, uh, Florida Surgeon General Dr. Ladapo is advising caution regarding the use of hastily approved mRNA COVID boosters, DeSantis announced. We will not stand by and let the FDA and CDC use Floridians as guinea pigs for mRNA jabs that have not been proven to be safe or effective. DeSantis was joined by Ladapo and a number of health experts to discuss the COVID-19 mRNA boosters. Once again, the federal government is failing Americans by refusing to be honest about the risk and not providing sufficient clinical evidence when it comes to the COVID-19 mRNA shots, especially with how widespread immunity is now, Ladapo said. In Florida, we are always use common sense and protect the rights and liberties of Floridians, including the right to accurate information, said Ladapo. The Florida Department of Health new guidance cites the high rate of global immunity and currently available data for re- their recommendations. The state surgeon general recommends against the COVID 19 booster for individuals under age 65. Individuals 65 and older should discuss the information with their health care provider, including potential concerns outlined in this guidance, the guidance reads. Now, mind you, Ladapo uh, L- is suggesting if you're over 65, maybe could talk to your doctor about getting the shot. All others should not. Uh, the CDC and the FDA have announced that they're releasing a new vaccine that should be taken by everybody over the age of six months. Unbelievable. They were on, uh, on to uh, outline safety and efficacy concerns, such as citing studies associating vaccines with negative effectiveness after a given period of time, possible risks of myocarditis, and other heart-related conditions along with potential health risks that can come with elevated levels of spike protein. The state guidance doesn't recommend, just recommend against getting the booster but tells Floridians to take care of their health with exercise, avoiding processed foods where possible, maximizing vegetables and healthy fats along with spending time outside to boost vitamin D. In a press release touting the announcement, Dr. DeSantis' official office recommended that there are new laws in place that codify protections against COVID-19 policies and mandates. These provisions were signed earlier in the year by DeSantis, permanently outlawing COVID-19 vaccine passports, banning COVID-19 ma- vaccine and mask requirements in schools, barring COVID-19 mask requirements in businesses, and preventing employers from hiring on based on mRNA jabs. Thank you, Governor, and thank you, Dr. Ladapo, for uh, your guidance and leadership. Dr. Ladapo, by the way, is our Surgeon General and doing a fantastic job. When, as far as I'm concerned... I trust Dr. Ladapo and I trust uh, what's happening in the state of Florida. I have very little confidence in what the the CDC and the FDA recommend. You should decide for yourself, but it's an important decision because it affects our health, doesn't it? Well, the four-year contract between 150,000 auto workers and three US car makers is set to expire at midnight tonight, potentially prompting a series of targeted strikes against the industry if no agreement is reached. Observers estimate a week-long general strike, the first involving workers with all three companies, would cost the industry more than $5 billion over the next 10 days. Representatives from the United Auto Workers have been negotiating for months with the big three, General Motors Ford and Stellantis, I'm not sure, that's formerly Fiat, Fiat Chrysler, The union seeks a slew of measures, including double-digit wage increases, the restoration of pension plans, and more. The threat of the UAW strike, led by newly elected Sean Fain, the first president elected directly by members, comes as elevated inflation reduces purchasing power. Can you imagine that uh, and what that's going to do to the prices of automobiles if it happens? While traditional car makers have been uh, seen profitable recent quarters, they face strong headwinds as both the market and government subsidies pivot to electric vehicle manufacturing, a shift led by non-unionized Tesla. Ford officials claim that the latest offer is the most lucrative in 80 years. wonder how protracted and how long this strike will be. Be it it seems, seems very unfair to those that uh, nobody's negotiating for them and their salaries when we said, we started the show by pointing off that after taxes, people are getting 8.8% less money than they were a couple years ago. Well, Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un held an hours-long summit yesterday, a conversation reportedly largely focused on military support from North Korea for Russia's war in Ukraine. For the 39-year-old Kim, it was his first known trip outside the country since before the pandemic. Analysts have speculated for months to what degree Russia, and now in its 19th month of war, has depleted existing stockpiles of ammunition and weaponry. Earlier this year, officials estimated Russia may have used more than 10 million total rounds uh, last year, at least five times more than its annual production capacity. So needless to say, they're going to need help when it comes to arms. Conversely, North Korea is believed to hold millions of old rounds of Soviet-era missiles. The country would also benefit greatly from any financial support from Russia. The North Korea economy has contracted by almost 5% since 2020, with a GDP per capita around, get this, $1,000. These poor people in North Korea. Well, Senator Mitt Romney declared on Wednesday that he would not seek re-election in 2024, marking the end of his 25-year career in public service. In a statement, Romney expressed his desire for a new generation of leaders to take the helm, setting his age as a factor, and he would uh, be in the mid-80s by the time he ended another term. Uh, It was accompanied by a few jabs against Joe Biden and President Donald Trump. He emphasized the pressing challenges the nation faces and uh, criticized both of their approaches. makes me wonder if perhaps Romney might not want to be a candidate for president in a third party. Just an interesting thought. I have no proof, but I know that he he did encourage uh, the senator from West Virginia to consider becoming a candidate. So... We'll see where this goes. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples magazine. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Mac Stoddard. He is the executive director of of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: Lulubees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8am until 2pm, 7 days a week Lulabees Diner, in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads, stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239 252 4541. That's 252
0: 4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show, We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Mac Stoddard. Mac is the executive director of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Mac, thank you so much for joining us here on the show.
4: Appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on.
1: My pleasure, uh, Mac. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance.
4: Uh, yeah, So we're rooted in terms of just advocating for K through 12 education, not only students, parents, but also teachers uh, to just give them alternatives and better solutions outside of the public school system, as well as reforming the public school system in terms of uh, bettering children across the three million students that we have here in the great state of Florida.
1: Uh, GoFLCA.com, or I guess GoFLCA.org, as well as as the website. a terrific organization. I was one of the founding members and very proud of it. So, Mac, we're going into a new legislative session, and I was wondering if you could highlight for us just a couple of the initiatives that you're supporting in the new legislative session.
4: Yep, as many of you and probably a lot of your listeners know, it's thanks to Governor DeSantis. I know they pay it, or passed HB-1. Uh, school choice bill. But as we all kind of know that we need to hold the bureaucracy kind of accountable in terms of enacting the law and kind of making sure that they keep to their promises. So a lot of what we've been doing behind it and coming up on the new legislative system is uh, just kind of bettering uh, the situation for students and parents here in the state of Florida. So uh, if you go to goflca.org, which you just mentioned, which we just got a new website, so I encourage everybody to go, please check it out. But we've put out a 11-point uh, legislative agenda probably in the last about month and a half or so that kind of highlights where we actually stand on that. And then one of our main focuses is to remove the sexually explicit material in all 67 counties in the great state or the great uh, sunshine state here in Florida. And a lot of these situations, the schools exploit the current law using the Miller test. So we want to encourage a strong opt-in bill. So as, you know, as many parents on this radio show, you know, you're required to opt in for a child to play sports or even get aspirin from a school nurse. But as it relates to a lot of the material that children are kind of getting we would strongly encourage the state legislature to push and opt in for a lot of that material that uh, children are
1: getting. You know, I think that's a great option because uh, I think the whole idea of banning books is going to be a very negative for the legislature, for the governor. But the idea of having them, but having uh, parents have to sign off and allowing the, the kids to use those books uh, that's the way it should be done. I think that's a, a very smart approach uh, to the problem. I don't know if you saw yep. Ken- Senator Senator Kennedy's uh, presentation yesterday to Congress. Uh, we was interviewing. Uh, uh, yep, I did, thought, did, I thought did, that. Did you see that? Wait, I just highly recommend it to anybody. I mean, it's it's it, it's atrocious what uh, the kids are being able to u- to read. A couple of books uh, that uh, were on most bookshelves, I guess, across the uh, states. In, in uh, across the United States. But uh, he says, well, you know, wh- what are you going to do about this? And uh, he really pressed her. It was very interesting.
4: Yep, and we've seen that, I think, in Indian River. There was just an example, I believe, uh, last week, if not two weeks ago. So the fact that it makes – and I, I, I go against the idea of saying that we're banning books. Right. It's, it's not that. It's making sure it's not available in – we go down to elementary schools and middle schools where a lot of this, uh, you know, literature is being available for students. You know, if a parent wants to give that to their children, they can go on Amazon and do it. We're not, I would argue that we're not trying to ban books per se. But the fact that you had Senator Kennedy's uh, testimony and then you have a lot of parents, I mean, their mics are shut off when they start. Reading the material that's actually available to students, which it's almost like cringeworthy in a sense. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you can't say that in a public hearing, why does a, a 12-year-old or 11-year-old get to, you know, see the material or check out the material?
1: Uh, well said, uh, Mac. And I just encourage our listeners to Google uh, Senator Kennedy's uh, uh, testimony yesterday in the hearing about. Uh, Reading materials in public schools. It's really disturbing and interesting and informative too. Uh, What else are you looking forward to in this next next session?
4: Uh, One of our main other priorities is defining social uh, or social emotional learning uh, as it relates to that. So, too much in uh, schools these days are focused too much on children's identities versus what they're in school for which is to learn math writing history um sciences etc
3: right so
4: oklahoma passed or they didn't pass they i believe in the state senate they had pretty good legislation in terms of defining what that specifically was um i mean you go back to you know the buzz phrases like uh critical race theory etc so this would just kind of Social emotional learning is kind of the new the new fad in terms of what's kind of being pushed on our children, whereas facts aren't facts. It's what their identity is, it's what they believe in. Um, that tends to be the new quote unquote facts. So one plus one doesn't equal two, etc. So one of our main goals is kind of defining what that actually is. So there's a tangible uh, legislation uh, to fix kind of that narrative that's being pushed on our students. All right, Mac.
1: That sounds terrific. And now I understand that you've got some, uh, an important initiative running right now through the month of September.
4: Yes. So one of our main focuses is always fundraising. So uh, I encourage everybody to go to goflca.org. Uh, we're currently in our Liberty Challenge, which is one of our annual um, fundraising initiatives. So I encourage everybody to just make a small donation Uh, If at all possible, but then also on October 10th at 5 p.m. at the Hilton in Naples, uh, we have keynote speaker Nick Adams there. So if you want to purchase a ticket, come on out, hear what we have to say, um, talk about educational reform, you know, to betterment uh, teachers, parents, etc. I encourage you guys
1: to come on over. All right, goflca.org is the website. Mac, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: Appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harden Show here on The Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Maccionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle, and they want you to enjoy it, too. Call Megan and Maccionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. you have questions about your retirement? AmeriPrize Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of AmeriPrize Financial Services, LLC, can help. Bob Hartman. Oh my goodness, I didn't, turn, I didn't turn up my microphone, and I apologize for that. Matt and uh, Megan Chionis uh, are just do great job, and I hope you, if you're thinking you about buying or selling a home, give them a call. They're with uh, Gulf Coast International Properties at. Two six nine five three one zero. We have with us uh, Seaton Modley. He is the founder and president of Less Government. Seaton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show.
3: Good morning. You think they could help me sell my house in Texas? I'm just kidding. Thank you. <laughs> I,
1: I know, they probably could. I, I don't know, but Seaton, uh, you uh, you wrote a piece called "Hyperactive Biden, FTC, DOJ are mostly MIA on Big Tech." And boy, you read that column, you certainly understand what you're saying. Maybe you could tell us about it.
3: Yeah, I've been writing about how they've weaponized. Just they have every other agency. They've weaponized the Federal Trade Commission, and with it, the Department of Justice Antitrust Division, which kind of, again more DC redundancy. They op- they they operate on the same street. I mean, it's it's they're it's identical,
1: yeah,
3: or pretty damn close to it. Pretty darn close to it. Sorry, and um, they've been going after everything, every merger. Every, it's just, I I, I looked it up, the the threshold uh, on amount of money that can trigger FTC action is $101 million. Uh, Imagine a merger in today's marketplace. The, 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 The amount was determined in legislation back in the 70s.
1: Yeah.
3: So they can go after anything. They, they, I mean, it's just basically they don't have a limit, a, min- a minimum, and they've been going after all kinds of mergers, uh, many of which could actually be helpful to the consumer. Well, the one I always cite because it's so obviously helpful to the consumer, and they're trying to block it, is JetBlue and Spirit. You and I have talked about it. They're like number five and seven, I think, or no, six and eight. Or six and eight of the airlines, and the big four um, dominate the marketplaces. You, you know, uh, JetBlue and Spirit combining wouldn't be half of number four. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of consolidation would actually help the consumers because you've got somebody that can sort of compete with the big four. Yeah. Um, whereas separate, you know, they're just kind of, they're also ran. And the the FTC's blocking. Meanwhile, we have the biggest companies in the history of the planet The tech companies. I I, I wrote an article where uh, Amazon had acquired 257 companies. The STC hadn't opposed any of them. Wow. And, um, you know, that would be like, you know, um, United Airlines acquiring somebody. Okay, no problem. Well, wait a minute. They're already number one. What What are you doing? Um, and, uh, I think I looked it up, but Google had acquired over like almost as many companies, or just about the about the same two hundred fifty or something companies, and, and nothing had happened at, at the FTC. Um There was a span of six years where um, Apple was acquiring a company every four or five weeks. Yeah. For,
1: well- the, the problem we have, though, though, is is the uh, the suppression of free speech. I mean, they they're uh, I think their violations are so severe, and that's where we could use the help of the uh, Department of Justice and the. Uh,
3: well, th- that's a separate issue. I mean, th- 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 they were allowed to get this big, which now allows them to dominate speech in the way you're talking about. What what I'm trying to do is unwind what's been done or not done about all these consolidations mm-hmm. and you can do that. You can go back and say, okay, you need to sell this. You need to get, you know, get rid of this. Um, you can't do that. It's, it's been done in the past. And th- right now Google's going to, I think the Supreme court, um, because finally the FTC is going after them with regards to their domination of, of um, search, right. which they control Nine, almost 93% of global search, 93% of Internet searches on the planet Earth take place through Google. Yeah. And one of the things they're looking at is they pay, for example, they pay Apple $15 billion a year to be the default search engine on all Apple products, on the Safari search engine. Wow. And, the, you know, their their defense is, oh, it's just a few, you're a few clicks away from choosing any search engine you want. Well, the average person doesn't know that. And if it was that easy, the, the, the uh, Google wouldn't spend $15 billion a year ma- having Apple do that. Right. And again, here's market collusion, by the way. You've got trillion dollar Apple colluding with trillion dollar Google. Right. To, 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 to lock down the, the, the marketplace. And that that is that little aspect of google's empire which is to be to be honest you know to be true the, the crux of their empire is the search and the search domination right um, that's finally going to court
1: which that's is, good
3: i mean i could i've i've already written a half dozen or more articles on amazon's illegal activities that have allowed it uh, that have resulted from and allowed it to Dominate the marketplace. Uh, the paperwork came out of Amazon India. Wrote about it years ago, where somebody leaked it because it was so obnoxious. Where they'll, if you apply with your product to be on the Amazon platform to sell your product, they'll ask you. They'll demand of you a whole bunch of question, questions be answered about your product, which has they have no business asking. Um, it, it, you know, as far as hey, do you want to be on our platform, fine. What they're doing is. They're learning how to copy it. They then go to China. They copy what you your, your, what you invented, and then they'll sell it cheaper. And then when you search on Amazon, their ch- ripoff comes up first, and huh. you, you come up on page five. Wow. Amazing. That's intellectual property abuse. And that can only happen because they are the, you know, oh, just use another platform besides Amazon. Really name one. Yeah. Well, I use, uh, I don't that know about you, but
1: is. I use uh, DuckDuckGo, and I'm happy it made the change. But it's not that easy to do, especially if you're not tech-savvy. So. Well,
3: the default, most people don't even realize there's a default browser search engine. Yeah. And, you, have to, you know, yes, you are, but, you know, you have to be a lot more tech-savvy than most people are. And look, oh, caveat MTOR, let the buyer beware. Let them go figure it out for themselves. Yeah. Well, again, if it, were, if it weren't that important, Apple wouldn't be getting $15 billion a year from Google to, to make it. Right,
1: I must say, Seton, I'm just very happy that you're taking this up because it does need attention. Again, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with uh, uh, Dr. George Markovich. He's an orthopedic surgeon. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Not only did Dr. George Markovich replace both of my knees in 2006, but he replaced my hip, my left hip, uh, last year. And I'm so grateful for it. Uh, So I'm going to just tell you, he does a fantastic job. Uh, Again, and here now on the air, Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Good morning. Good morning to you, Dr. Markovich. Hey, I want to talk to you about the mobility and some of the other issues that uh, we face as we age. But before I do, uh, now the FDA and the CDC are suggest. I-, I think the CDC has now approved it. They're saying that we should all take a uh, a vaccine six months or older— Dr. George, uh, Joseph Ladapo, our Surgeon General, is saying people shouldn't be taking this stuff unless they're 65 years or older, and they should be checking with their physician. just wanted to get your thoughts on that.
2: Well, the Surgeon General uh, of, of the state is, is right. Um, and I, I think, you know, we should have learned a lot of lessons from COVID, um, but we didn't. And, and one of the things is you go with things that make sense rational thought. So high-risk individuals, uh, immunocompromised individuals should be vigilant and do everything they can to boost their immune system, but also vaccines are part of that. Uh, Beyond that, you really have to look at the pluses and minuses, the pros and cons to anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had some inflation data come out, uh, Bob, and I'll just briefly say that if you're looking at the price per unit, and it's going up a certain percentage, you know, it's, it's what it is, but you can manipulate that by offering decreased amounts per unit. And that's what you're seeing, you know, you go to the grocery store, and you get a package of something, there's less of it in it, and it costs more. And so that's perception that's trying to massage things a certain way. And the reality is, prices are higher than what the government is reporting. Right. The government is not being honest when they're telling you that everybody over six months old needs a COVID vaccine. That is wrong.
1: It certainly is wrong. And uh, again, it's just scary to think that there's a blanket decision for everybody. They're suggesting that everybody get this vaccine. And uh, they're not promoting or, or letting us know or telling us that there are certain. Risks involved, like uh, myocarditis and other types of maladies that could result as a result of uh, taking the vaccine.
2: Any medication, any intervention has potential risks, and you know you look at the incidence of flu versus COVID versus other respiratory viruses. You know, there's there's cause for concern. There's no doubt. But I think that when you look at things rationally in terms of an overall assessment of health. Uh, You know, vaccines are part of it, and they've never been such a big part of it until COVID, Mm -hmm. until this pandemic happened and people started questioning the validity of data. And so, you know, when I look at things, uh, it's pretty clear cut. You know, my patients are interested in mobility and longevity. And we have biological methods uh, which are improving every day to help joints stay healthier for longer and we have mechanical uh, uh, options for people when you reach a point where the biology gets overwhelmed by the mechanical destruction of the joint. And those are joint replacements, and you well know what that's all about. Yes. Um, and I do a lot of them, and, but I also try to preserve the joint uh, as much as uh, possible as well. So those are approaches in terms of mobility to pe- keep people active because that's good for your heart, lung, kidneys, and everything else. In terms of longevity, uh, you know there's uh, a melange of health issues that affect people, and that's cardiovascular disease, cancer, neurodegenerative disease like Parkinson's, and metabolic disorders like diabetes. and they're interrelated and I, I, and that constitutes uh, a lot of what fells uh, people and, and so <clears throat> medicine 2.0 or medicine, the way it's been practiced for a long time has dealt with the symptoms of these types of problems rather than the prevention. And so it's much easier to prevent things than it is to treat the illness once it happens. When somebody breaks their hip, it's a systemic disease, and uh, you know people uh, who have that problem have been on a path towards it developing a lot of times through osteoporosis and other things, which is a metabolic disorder. So, you know, my focus has been for a long time and and trying to get people as healthy as they can to prevent problems. But there's a lot of people that come to me after the, you know, after this path has been developed. And I think that the challenge in the future is taking approaches to prevent uh, so that they can live better, longer, and then maintain their mobility in the process
1: well you know dr peter adia you you actually gave me this book which i really appreciate it's called outlive the science and art of longevity so interesting and that's his case he's basically saying people see the doctor in many cases when you know the the problems the symptoms are already set in and as opposed to trying to deal with the cure that might prevent those symptoms in the first place i was wondering if you could make some comments on that
2: well, yes, I, I I mirror a lot of what he says, uh, and I, he puts it together beautifully. By the way, I, I do recommend that book. Um, but it's stuff that I believed in for a long time, mm-hmm. and I think that what's nice about Dr. Adia's book is that it presents data to support strategies. It's not a you know, it's not trying to sell you something. It's not trying to give you a one-trick pony uh, solution to every problem. Uh, it's more of a book about why things are the way they are and some strategies that you can consider individually to help you, uh, navigate through, uh, life effectively. Mm -hmm. And that's good for you. That's good for your family. And that's good for society.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, we're all different. I mean, I just happen to have the, uh, uh the malady of of having my joints wearing out earlier than most people i guess that's my problem i'm not sure other people have heart problems i have different disorders what i like about the book is that it helps you identify uh, a path for you individually based on what's going on in your life exactly right
2: and look there's wear and tear and then there's inflammation affecting wear and tear and inflammation affects a lot of body systems Mm -hmm. it can be a precursor to cancer it could lead to uh, exacerbation of cardiovascular disease. It could lead to uh, the effects on uh, your metabolic system. And, and those are all intertwined. <clears throat> and so, unfortunately, medicine has not done that good of a job in educating doctors and educating people towards the things that really matter. <laughs> and and it's it good at, it, at treating people once things happen and sort of creating a rote system to try to affect things uh, and, and mitigate what's already there. Yeah. It has to do better, and I think the future will do that once we get rational thought back into this. And, and I think that there's people that are, uh, you know, our leaders that either don't understand or have a vested interest in creating confusion, and it should not be confusing.
1: Probably a little bit more of the latter than the former, unfortunately. But uh, in any event, uh, Dr. George Markovich, again, I just so much appreciate your care. I know that you uh, brought me along to using all the methods that you could could uh, in order to keep me from uh, surgery. Once, though, I needed surgery. We did it. And uh, the la- I have to tell this little story. I was uh, showed up at the uh, surgery center uh, for Dr. Markovich and his practice. At six fifteen in the morning, uh, I, by seven thirty, I was—I had been on a gurney, and uh, uh, I asked the uh, the nurse uh, when I was going to be, when we were going to have surgery. And she said, "You already did." <laughs> I was in a car going home at eleven thirty in the morning. So it was just, again, if you're concerned about, if you have joint pain. Get it taken care of. It, 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 the quality of life is so much better when you're not in pain all the time. It's just such an important consideration.
2: Agreed. And you know we're we're so happy that we do what we do. We're blessed because we help people like you and many others that just want to live life and you know do stuff. And whether it's golf, tennis, pickleball. Climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, whatever it may be, you should not be limited and you should not be in pain. Right. It, it, the functional limitations can really overwhelm people, and, and it's totally preventable.
1: Four eight two five three nine nine is the phone number. Four eight two five three nine nine. Doctor George Barkovich, orthopedic surgeon. Genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thank my, you. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with. Uh, Bill Barnett, the former mayor of Naples, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: You have questions about your retirement?
0: back to the Bob Harden Show, and now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Sizzle Dining is running between, well, now and September the 27th. There's 55 participating restaurants in the Naples area, including Blue Provence, by the way, and $1 uh, of the money that you spend goes to uh, purchase a Blessings in a Backpack of Southwest Florida. It helps uh, food insecure elementary students every weekend in Lee and Collier County. So I hope you take advantage of Sizzle Dining. You can find out more by visiting Sizzledining.com. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Hey, Bob. It is always a pleasure to be on your show, and I look forward to it as I have for
1: I lost track of the years. I think it's, <laughs> I bet it's 15 years.
5: Uh, you know, it very, very well could be. There's somebody must keep a record of it, but then again, who cares, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so
1: well, we're we're so uh, I... we're kind of hanging uh, fire on what's happening with the uh, the uh, attorney for the city of Naples. Any update?
5: Well, yeah, they're gone.
1: <laughs> yeah,
5: right, that's about it. And you know, Bob, I'll, I'll tell you. You know, you, you know, speak. Speak ill of the of the dead, so to speak, but that, that's not the case. But uh, they they just weren't good from the beginning, and um, you know there was there was always some there was always a conflict going on, and um, I just don't think they were they were good at what they did. Yeah, and um, it proved out. There's still some things that have to come out of that. Um, we don't know uh, how much. Workers left uh, what they didn't finish. Um, uh, will they get it all finished? I mean, there's a there's there's a lot there that that, that I don't know, and and uh, and I don't know who does know other than our finance director, um, who should have a handle on it. But we'll see what happens. Uh, and we're down to uh, we're down to three um, candidates for our new uh, police chief, and. One of them is our own uh, Matt Fletcher, um, uh, because one dropped out the other day. We had four, so we're down to three now. And um, Matt Fletcher is uh, is a fine young man. He came up through the ranks here. Um, he's respected, and uh, of course, I don't have anything to do with that committee or whatever. But I, I my philosophy has always, always, always been: if you can go from within. Uh, do so. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do. But um, uh, by next week, we sh- we should. Well, I don't know when they, what their deadline is, but I think it's coming up pretty close.
1: Yeah, it should be so. so we'll, well, that's an important yeah, position, yeah. and uh, yeah, keeping law and order is just critical to the whole. Yeah, I'm so grateful living here where we live and having the protection that we have for law enforcement here in this in the Collier County and in Naples. We should be so grateful when you hear some of the horrific stories going on across the oh, country.
5: Bob, I don't. I just don't mean. We, no matter what news show you watch or 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 where you're watching it from, I mean it's it is. Uh, we are so blessed to have what we have here, and and it's very hard to believe when you watch these people in the streets in in San Francisco and New York City and. And uh, where is it? Or, you know, Oregon has has the issues. A lot of them have the issues, and they're not doing it. I mean, as I keep hearing politicians on the on those shows um, saying, "Well, we are, we're not, they're not doing anything about it," and and I and candidly, instead of enforcing it, I mean, instead of promoting it, you know, making everything as legal and uh, we'll give you new needles, etc. I mean, yeah, I just. I have a hard time with it. How, how do you feel? Well,
1: you know, we're talking about the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., a 29% increase in murder in the, in the nation's yeah. capital. Just incredible. Uh, people reporting that just afraid to go outside during the daytime, never mind in the evening. So uh, th- this doesn't have to be. And if uh, you know, you had people that basically said, we're going to force the law, you know, our, our governor uh, during yeah. the hurricane said, you know, if you're just thinking about uh, trying to take advantage of people or stealing their things during the hurricane as a result of that, uh, we're going to catch you and we're going to send you to jail. <laughs> that is right, a great message. Right. That's the way it should be. It, you know how to get rid of bad laws, as one, one great uh, person said. You enforce all of them that, and then that yeah. get the people to say, you know, these are bad. Some of these laws are bad. They get rid of them. But people, we should be able to expect our law enforcement to enforce the laws
5: well exactly um i you know and i you know i i just don't know what's going to come of it and I, now obviously um um i you know i see they're leaning toward impeaching uh uh biden um don't know if that's going to come to pass or not but uh um there's there's just so much going on bob that it's um that you sometimes wonder if sometimes you're just better off uh um you know, get up in the morning, having your coffee, take a nice walk, go to the beach, uh, just enjoy your, your day. I find myself getting dragged down sometimes when I'm watching these shows, and I'm thinking, I don't need to be watching this, and yet I'm I'm glued to it. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? It's like, yeah, I don't know, kind of, kind of crazy, but we are happy to be in Naples, Florida.
1: Absolutely. Well, my theory is uh, we deserve to be happy. Happiness is a decision. So you can be happy. And watch the news, too, and be involved in what's happening and and making sure that you're making a contribution to making things better. I agree. And so, Bill, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Bob, I'll speak to you next week, and you have a wonderful week. You as well. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. didn't get a chance to uh, promote uh, the uh, Foundation for Government Accountability. They do terrific work. I'm happily uh, happily serving on the board, and they help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. really have a terrific organization. I hope you'll check out the website, thefga.org. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Michael Cannon is a director of health policy study as at the uh, Cato, Insti- Cato Institute. And Bob Erzik is with uh, St. Matthew's House. He's got such an interesting story to tell about getting through uh, Irma and uh, Ian, I should say, Hurricane Ian, and uh, what's happening at St. Matthew's House. There's a great institution here on the Paradise Coast to help the homeless, to help the indigent, uh, food-insecure Just a great organization, St. Matthew's House. And we'll also visit with Larry Bell. Larry Bell is an endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He's written about a dozen books. He also writes his column for uh, Newsmax.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks
0: so much for listening to the